Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I am the host of the show. I've got Tom Peavy with me on the show today. A shortened sports call this afternoon as we have Beauregard High School softball coming up around 4.45 today. And so we will have a shortened edition of the show. A lot to get to in a short amount of time. Again, all of your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line, as always. Nightly TV Guide, birthdays and sports. And a lot to talk about. Tom, I'll go ahead and throw it to you. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, doing doing well. Been uh, running around town, getting some things done. And uh, yeah, just uh, ready to talk about some sports. A lot of stuff um, going on around in the world of sports. And uh We've got ESPN up here right now. They're talking about Cam Newton in town going to throw the ball at uh, Auburn's Pro Day. So Cam Newton's still trying to find an NFL team that will take him back in. I guess he's not ready to hang it up. He's ready to go. Uh, So he's going to throw the ball at Auburn's Pro Day. I guess that's one of the big current things going on right now. Of course, he's still got lingering effects of – Men's basketball to talk about. Uh, the women fell last night to Clemson, so their season is over. Uh, lots of different things to get into in a short period of time. Absolutely, and I wanted to open up with Auburn's Pro Day today. Uh, been there in years past, but obviously not able to today because of the, the timing of everything. It started at 1 o'clock today. It is still going, to my knowledge. I think they're just about to start throwing with, with Cam uh, and uh, all the participants will be catching catching passes from Cam and that sort of thing. Tank Bigsby just ran his 40 time, ran it in 4.46, which was a good tenth quicker than what he ran it at at the Pro Day uh, or at the uh, combine, combine, excuse me. Uh, he ran it at 4.56 or 4.57 uh, in Indy. And so this time he runs a, a 4.46 at the Pro Day, and uh, we've been getting reports of some bench pressing and – uh, obviously, these 40 times now. And this, you know, these pro days are kind of the, the last chance to make uh, a good impression with uh, kind of some on the field work. Some, some kids still take visits to organizations and, and still have interviews and that sort of thing. But the very public workouts uh, are kind of, uh, you know, at, they, they come to an end after this. And we're seeing video uh, of Cam get ready to, to throw. Uh, in, in Auburn's Pro Day, uh, it's catching national attention. It's on ESPN as we speak. And this was a, a surprise. It was announced last night that he would be throwing and certainly is turning a lot of heads. And he basically said uh, in the video that he put out that there's a bunch of random guys getting jobs. There's not 32 quarterbacks 
better than than I am. So, Tom, I asked you the question: Are there thirty two quarterbacks in the NFL right now better than Cam Newton? Uh, thirty two. Thirty. Oh, there are 32 quarterbacks. He says there are 32 quarterbacks that he's better than. No, he's saying that there are not 32 uh, quarterbacks that are better than oh. him. Uh, there, there's some definitely that are in the league right now that are starting that I don't think are as good as him. Uh, it's not many, uh, just because he is on up in age and uh, he has shown the struggle to throw the ball. Um, but uh, And he's had the, the injuries, the injury bug, but I – I think there's some guys starting on some teams that I think Cam Newton is better than, um, just to be honest with you. So we're going to go through some of them here. I've got the, the full list. Uh, again, when we last saw Cam, he was a Carolina Panther again for about half the season, got a few chances to start, did not play particularly well. Uh, he did start in five games. He played in eight. He was a 55% passer which was his second lowest of his career, threw for 684, four TDs, five picks. So nothing really particularly good about that. Uh, He did run 47 times for 230 yards, five touchdowns. That was pretty much on par with everything he's done as a pro in his career. He averages five yards a carry. He averaged 4.9. He had five TDs, which was as good as some of his uh, entire seasons with Carolina. So he ran the football effectively, but the passing numbers were some of his worst as a pro. But here are some of the current starters in the NFL. We'll go through them all. Obviously, AFC East, Josh Allen, Tua, Mac. We assume Aaron Rodgers, uh, Mac Jones that is, and Aaron Rodgers don't, wouldn't take Cam over anyone no, there. No. AFC West... Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo, Justin Herbert. Would would you consider Garoppolo? Prob- Maybe. Maybe, but I, I think I'd still take Garoppolo at this point. Yeah. Now, not prime cam. Of, do you well, want to yeah, be clear? Yeah. Prime cam, clearly better, but maybe not in this state. AFC North, Lamar Jackson, no. Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. Kenny Pickett, would you take cam over Kenny Pickett? Maybe. That would be, maybe. Consider it. Yeah. AFC South, Ryan Tannehill, Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew right now would be the starter of the Colts. And until the Texans take someone, Davis Mills is technically their starter. Right. There you go. There's, I'd take there's Cam over options. Davis Mills. Uh, Who was the first one you said? Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's been iffy. He, he's, he's one that I would consider because Tannehill's not been very good lately. Right. Did not have a good year last year. Um. I think I'm taking Cam over Minshew. I I am not as confident about Tannehill. Right. And obviously not over Trevor Lawrence. NFC East, Dak, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts. Right now, Washington starter, I guess, would technically be Sam Howell. So you'd probably take Cam over Sam Howell. Yeah. Uh, I assume they'll draft somebody. NFC West, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Brock Purdy, uh, slash Trey Lance, I guess, Brock Purdy starter, and Geno Smith. So probably not taking anyone there. I well, um, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I could put him over Kyler Murray, but God, Kyler Murray is. Not yeah, good. I'm not taking Cam over Kyler Murray no, right now. Even Kyler Murray has not been doing very good. But yeah, I don't he's also it. had some injuries. But yeah, um, again, prime Cam, sure, absolutely. Right. But you, we're talking about 32 right. year old, 32, 30, 33 year old, 33, about to be 34, 33, 33 about to be 34 year old Cam. Yeah, and NFC North, 
I think he can win a couple jobs here. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Justin Fields, and Jordan Love because, of course, Green Bay is right. about to trade Rodgers. So I've got to take Cam over Love. Yeah. Fields, pro- uh. Fields seems like he's just too good of a runner. I think they're right. both probably in the same level passing. Uh, Jared Goff was low key very good for yeah. Detroit last year. Before last year, I would have said I would have taken Cam, but Goff was too good last year. And then Cousins, if it's noon on a Sunday, you've got to take Cousins. If it's other times, you want anything but Cousins. NFC South, Baker Mayfield now in Tampa, Derek Carr now in New Orleans. Uh, I assume Carolina will take a quarterback, but right now it is Andy Dalton, and the Falcons have Desmond Ritter. You might take Cam. Uh, I think I'd take him over Dalton. I think I'd take him over Ritter. Yeah. I would. I would probably take Carr and then Mayfield. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that one. That one would be tricky. But that's at least four or five, uh, without a doubt, that you're taking Cam because we're we're taking Cam over over Davis Mills. We're taking him over Jordan Love. We're taking him over Ritter right now. Taking him over Dalton, uh, a couple others that you might, you know, you mentioned Tannehill. You might want to take Cam over him. I mentioned Gardner Minshew. So, uh, and then certainly Sam Howell Washington. So there's at least five or six there that I tend to agree with with Cam. Now, is there any backups anywhere else? Maybe there's one or two. Uh, so it it is it is within the realm of possibility that you could. See Cam as a starter. But the key issues here are, again, health, because that had deteriorated the last right. the last three or four years of his career. Certainly age. Uh, certainly the last couple of years in Carolina. Uh, the age of, of 33 to be 34. So what would he be as a runner two years removed from his last year? Uh, again, still was a very good runner at his age 31 year with Carolina. But then the passing, because, again, that was probably – uh, the, the, that eight-game sample in Carolina there was probably his his worst passing year. Um, if not of his career, at least since very early on. I, I know there was a 53% season in there in 2016. That was after the MVP year, so maybe a better passer than that year. But um, – it is interesting to see him. I, I, I kind of just thought that that was it and there was not going to be another attempt there from him to, to come back because he didn't wasn't anywhere last year. And so I guess I'm a little surprised. Are you surprised to see him at Pro Day today? Uh, yeah, actually kind of. I, I really thought that uh, I thought that he was going to give it up. Uh, and as far as NFL goes, I you know I thought maybe he – might try his hand at a comeback in one of these smaller leagues like the XFL, USFL, or maybe even Canada. But goodness gracious, Canada would not be for him because you got to be able to throw the ball there. So, um, yeah, um, definitely kind of surprised. Uh, I, I really kind of thought that he had maybe given up the NFL hopes there. I hate to say he gave up the hope, but I really figured that he would just go ahead and retire. Yeah, I mean, again, I didn't really hear his name much last year. No. Uh, being mentioned for jobs. Uh, again, the New England stuff I can spin because although the team uh, was not very successful and he didn't have a great TD to interception ratio, he still was a 65% passer that year right. uh, in New England. So there were still elements to it that 
uh, he was getting right. The running aspect of it, because Cam has never been an elite pass from the NFL, even when he won MVP. That's just not what he did. Now, he was a very acceptable passer for most of his career. But the the reason I'm harping on the on the passing part of it is because at age he, you know it'll be his age 34 season he he is 33 now he will be 34 when the season starts right the running aspect has got to be there for him to still be valuable to somebody and I having not really been a full time starter in a couple of years although I think he's better than a few of the projected starters I don't know if he can last a whole season. I don't know if you want to build an offense around someone that's probably got one or two years left. And so it's a difficult space for Cam to re-enter into because he's just kind of a little bit of an afterthought right now amongst NFL circles. He's trying to get back into it. This is what you do. You try and throw for the public and, and try and put it out there. Yeah. And I am starting to see some videos here some pictures of, of, of yeah, videos him throwing the Shed Jackson and stuff. Uh, but the reality is, is that there, there's only so many teams that he'd even be uh, considered considered by because okay, twenty five jobs at least locked up, right? Oh. Uh, do you you do, you don't want him over a young quarterback? You're taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, right? I mean, I you sure know, no, uh, at not the top at all. Draft. So you're not wanting him to stunt their growth or get in their way for a year or two. You're going to let those guys go for it from day one. So I, I just – I would struggle to think of the team he could start for. And then as far as a backup, again, his skill set's different. So there's only certain certain organizations and certain styles of offense that he would make sense as a backup for. Like would he make somewhat sense as Lamar's backup? You know, maybe the running aspect to it. Yeah. But that's also a really big name to back up a really big name, you know. So that like that doesn't. I don't know if that fits either. I'm not exactly sure. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. First up on the show today, Luke from Alex City. Luke joins us. Luke, how are you doing? Hey guys, how are y'all today? Doing well. Doing great. You know, I I think y'all are missing something here in that. It's not really are there 32 quarterbacks better than him, um, even though I think there are. Um, I think they're more than that at this point. I mean, he, like you said, he's almost 34. Um, he's not uh, Aaron Rodgers. He, he, he's not that accurate. He's not Tom Brady. Uh, he's not any of those guys. And his biggest weapon is his legs, and there's no doubt he's lost a step or two. He's dealt with injury. He didn't even play last year uh, the last – Two years before that, I think he had more interceptions than touchdowns. And on top of it, you know, you mentioned, well, I think he's better than Desmond Ritter. I bet you the the Falcons don't think so uh, because the Falcons look at it like Ritter's got his best days ahead of him, and we're grooming him. Whereas Cam, you know, if he could come in and, you know, he probably wouldn't win us games. Maybe he wouldn't lose games, but he's not going to take us anywhere we want to go. Ritter's the future. Same thing with Kenny Pickett or some of these other younger quarterbacks. And you mentioned uh, Davis Mills with Houston. Well, it, it, that's kind of irrelevant because they're going to draft a quarterback. So uh, either Carolina or Houston's probably out, as well as probably the Colts, because they're going to draft one. They don't want to deal with you know a guy who's about to be 34 
and again, I think Cam does himself no favors when he he comes out on on TikTok announcing that he's going to go to Auburn's Pro Day, and it's you know sort of the way he announces it. If I were a team, I'd be like, hey, look, even if you were, a, you know, even if I thought you would be good enough to play or maybe be a backup to our starter, I, I don't want to deal with the stuff that comes with it. And I think all of the, the swagger that made him so cool and lovable years ago now is, is really to his detriment because if you if somebody did want to take a chance on him, I think it would be as a backup and a, and a guy like, hey, can you just – hold the fort down until our starter gets back without really, you know, putting us in a hole. And I feel like that's that's just not the way Cam's built. You know, he's not built like, hey, I can be a solid backup and I don't have to be the star. He's used to being the star. And I, I, I just feel like uh, it's not about 32 quarterbacks or, or 64 quarterbacks or 96 quarterbacks being better than him that he can't find a roster spot. I think it's um, – Number one, do you want to if, if you if you do have a Kenny Pickett, let's say, and let's say Kenny Pickett goes out there for the first two games for Pittsburgh next year, right? And he has a couple of middling games. He has, you know, they go one and one, and he's kind of mediocre. And they've got Cam Newton as a backup. You you don't really want your fans giving up on your starter, thinking, okay, we we might have maybe Cam Newton can come in there and do something. When I think most of the world knows that's fool's goal. You start worrying. You start um, warping the the locker room a little bit. I, again, I don't think it's all about just hey. There, there's still people who can't throw the ball as far as he can, or as hard as he can, or or even run as fast as he can. But um, I, I think he's definitely lost a little bit from where he started for sure. And then when you factor in um, his swagger is probably his detriment now. I, I just don't think it's probably worth it for a lot of GMs, and that's why he couldn't get a spot last year, even though there were a lot of spots that felt like they could have used somebody of his caliber. Right, and well, and I mean, I, I think that we're we're not disagreeing here. I, I think that we were first looking at what he said. That's why we went to the "is he better than certain starters" angle first, which because we were going off of what he said, but then. Uh, as we progressed through that conversation there a moment ago, we were saying, but we don't see where the fit is because, again, you know, like you said with Ritter, okay, we can we might disagree there on who we think is better at this moment in time, but certainly Atlanta it wants to figure out what Ritter is, right? So we're not saying that that's a good fit for Cam. Um, we can agree to disagree on if we think that Cam is better than Ritter today. But that also doesn't always matter for each organization, and you know we again, as I mentioned uh, with Carolina, obviously that's not going to happen because we're not doing that for a third time. But yeah, Houston's going to take a quarterback, and I said whoever's taking Stroud and, and Young are not going to going to want Cam there. So yeah, we're we're not disagreeing here that there's not really a, a, a fit for him because we're not seeing a fit for him either. You know, just the other side of it is. You know, he his his vantage point is that he feels he's better than some of the starters, but also there can also exist that it's not exactly a, it. It's not all up to that, and their organizations have to see the fit too, and the teams that he might be better than their current starter are are have other clearly stated plans. Yeah, and again, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily. Oh, almost had a wreck. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think it's that. 
I don't even know that either of us can say Cam is better right now or Ritter is better right now because Cam hasn't played in a year. I mean, we don't know that, sure. that, that what Cam's been doing for a year. So um, I think that's that's kind of a tough call. Prime Cam, definitely better. I mean, there's no question. But you're not getting Prime Cam. I mean, maybe you get a Toby Keith, you know, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was kind of moment. <laughs> but, um, uh-huh. you know, I don't know that a team's going to want to invest in that. And that's where I think Cam with his, um, again, with the way he announced this and, and sort of with a cocky attitude like they're not 32 better starters than me, Okay, even if you think that's true, if that's not what it's all about. And, and we all know that the NFL values, uh, for instance, we all get shocked when we see a, a, a really good player that's established get traded for some draft picks that have a scratch in our heads. And then, you know, GMs have been quick to always point out, look, um, we value draft picks more than we value established players unless it's like a crazy big-time case like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or something like that. I mean, if it's an Aaron Rodgers, okay, that's one thing. But it, for the most part, they value draft picks more because it's almost like I, I'd rather worry about the future than worry about the present sometimes. Right. And, again, I may not agree with that, but that's the way it seems to be. Right, yeah, now you see at other at other positions you see – Borderline Pro Bowl guys go for fourth and fifth round picks, and it you know to me a fourth fifth round pick is no sure thing. Uh, but to other teams, they see opportunity, and they also have other reasons, cap reasons, and, and every team are, is on different different timelines. But uh, yeah, no, I, I again, I, I don't don't th- don't think we're up here saying that. I, oh yeah, I just don't see how Cam couldn't possibly find a job. I, we, we understand that there are uh, there are things that. You know, he does not fit the mold for what people are looking in, maybe for a backup, and even for those handful of jobs where he could truly contest for. Again, even if you got a pretty good version of Cam, what we're saying is, well, he's still a 34-year-old Cam, so even if you get lightning in the bottle and get a pretty good version of it, it's not going to last more than a year or two. So. Uh, even for those those younger guys, if, if these teams have a younger guy they want to look at, I mean, all you're really doing is is having them learn from a guy that's not alike skill set wise to them. That's the other two it, other part of it is. Let's say he is still a good runner for another year or two. There's only a handful of NFL offenses that want running to be a big part of what their quarterback does. So, it, it, again, we're not saying that there are obvious fits here. Uh, it, it's just that it, it, it would be from an Auburn person's perspective, it would be frustrating just because, okay, Cam was once great. He's awesome, but he phased out of the league earlier than, than other guys did. And there's reasons for that. Uh, and, and he might not see all of them and he's trying to, to fight it off and kudos to him for, for not giving up after not being on a team last year. But at the same time there, there is some writing on the wall in that regard. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Look, I don't blame him for continuing to try at all. I mean, shoot. I, I mean, uh, Daniel Taj, the comedian, had this whole thing about, I can't believe people are on Brett Favre for, you know, wanting to continue to play back in the day. He was like, yeah, they pay you $3 million to hold a clipboard if you're a backup quarterback. Yeah, I, if somebody will hire me, I'll do that. I right. mean, um, and I think that's that's the way to go. I mean, shoot, DJ Fluker's doing the same thing at Alabama now. 
I don't know if you've seen the picture, but DJ Fluker transformed his whole body. Yeah. Uh, he was sort of he had, he looks like an absolute he looks like a WrestleMania type guy. But um, yeah. anyway, I just thought it was interesting because uh, you know I, I think the hardest part for for Cam would be if he if he were to attack it as if okay I, I'm going to go in here trying to look for a job rather than a starting job. I think he'd have a shot at it. Sure, sure. Uh, all right, guys. Have a good one. You too, Luke. Appreciate that phone call. That's Luke from Alex City on the Auburn Bank phone line. Again, big story today. We're focusing on football for the first time in a while. Yeah. And there will be some more basketball to talk later in the week. But uh, Cam Newton throwing at Auburn's Pro Day right now. And again, to summarize everything, you know, we went at it from Cam's point of view first. We went at it from, okay, let's look at the starters in the league right now. But that's simply what he's saying. But multiple things can be true at the same time. He... and and people will differ in opinion here, he could be better than five or six of the starters out there right now. We went over that. But as Luke was bringing up, and again, I'm not disagreeing with Luke at all. That's kind of what we were transitioning into as as we took Luke's call, was that, okay, let's look at those individual situations. Okay, I do think Cam's better than Davis Mills. Well, Houston's taking a quarterback. Right. And I do think Cam's better than Andy Dalton. Well, he's already been there twice in Carolina, and once was recently, and they're taking a quarterback. So you then start to look at, okay, the teams that they're – okay, after all the dust settles, there might be one or two more drops. Okay, well, do does it make sense for them to try and get everything out of the 34-year-old quarterback to try and scrape across the line to a playoff spot? Or are they going to look at their younger quarterback to set themselves either to find out if that guy's good – or to position themselves for the draft, right? Like, okay, you know, Tampa had a quarterback opening. They have a, a roster with good players right now. They have a weaker division, and they already went with Mayfield, you know? And, and if Mayfield is good, Tampa might be around 500. They'll hope the division is like it is last year. I'm sure it'll be better than last year because, God, it was bad last year. But Tampa's plan is let's see if we can float around 500 with Mayfield. But if not... They're going to win five or six games. They're going to be top ten pick, and they're not going to want to try and deviate from that. So it's about situations, too, whereas also, by the way, Cam wouldn't have fit what Tampa tries to do offensively because Tampa's got a bunch of wide receivers. Right. You know, They're not going to want to start running 35 times a game all of a sudden and, and have the quarterback involved. So interesting conversation, and we will continue it after our first time out of the show. We'll go back to the Auburn Bank phone line right after this time out. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. How easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Now, back to the multi time Abbey Award winning Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call on this Tuesday. Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy with you here. Beautiful day on the Plains. Beautiful day for Auburn's Pro Day. And again, shortened show, Borgard High School softball coming up in just over an hour with Tim Sin, Brooks Childress will be out there. You can hear that right here on Tiger 95.9. So we're getting off air about 445 today or so. 
So let's keep the calls rolling. 334-887-341. Locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show today, James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing today? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about Cam Newton and uh, being in Auburn for, um, you know, to looking at the NFL uh, prospects for the um, pro day today as well. Uh, yes, uh, you got guys like Tank Bigsby, Derek Hall out there, uh, John Samuel Chanker as a yeah. tight end. I mean, uh, Brandon Council was benching a lot, had a lot of bench reps earlier today. Uh, so a lot going on at pro day. Yeah, it is. I wish I was out there um, for Auburn Pro Day. Maybe in 2024 I'll be out there uh, next year for um, another uh, installment for uh, NFL Pro Day as well. And um, I'm very intrigued of these guys and seeing what they're really going to do in their in their uh, in their continuing journeys for Auburn uh, athletics as well. Uh, yeah, Pro Day always an exciting time. Kind of last chance to, to get to see all of your school's guys out there. And uh, it has been going on since 1 o'clock today. I think they're slowly starting to wrap things up. But Cam's been throwing the last few minutes. And it's a fun time out there. Yes, and then I know that y'all were talking about um, if Cam Newton would get back into the NFL. And I said, I will say yes, Cam Newton should get another uh, shot at the NFL as well. And with him being a really good quarterback from from the Carolina Panthers, I'll probably see Cam Newton actually playing in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wish that uh, that could have happened in another world, but I, I think since the Bucks already signed Baker Mayfield, uh, I think that's who's going to be the, the starter for the Bucks this year. But Cam's trying to audition for some jobs, and, and we'll see if he's able to get one. Also, if he's willing to take a backup job if it comes to that, because uh, I, I know that most of the NFL starting jobs are, are pretty much locked up or have plans in place. Yes, as well, because with the Baltimore Ravens and uh, Lamar Jackson, I know he's not – I'm not quite sure if Lamar Jackson is still on the Baltimore Ravens uh, – schedule i mean uh roster but if he wasn't i will probably see cam newton actually play in baltimore as well and take the baltimore ravens to a super bowl as well it looks like lamar jackson will end up being re-signed by the ravens but we still don't know that Mm -hmm. yet uh not many teams have really gotten too involved in his free agency and the ravens still have the right to match whatever offer he gets so i think most scenarios have him returning to baltimore Yes, that's well, because if, if Cam Newton is looking for a good job, I think uh, the USFL would be a, a good fit for Cam Newton and actually playing in, well, playing for the Birmingham Stallions as well. And I would love to see him play with my USFL team with the Birmingham Stallions as well. I, I, I don't know if he'd be willing to play in the USFL. Obviously, that would be a lot of fun and be – a great get for the USFL, but I, I think Cam is doing this solely to try and get back into the NFL, so I think that's his main goal. What else do you have on your mind today? Well, um, I'm actually uh, looking at uh, the rest of the uh, March Madness tournament and uh, seeing who's actually going to uh, go to round, of, I think it's 36, if I'm if I'm mistaken, in March Madness? No, they, they just had the round of 32, so they're on to the Sweet 16 starting on Thursday. 
Okay, so it's the Sweet 16, so I'll just probably say with uh, these 16, uh, these 16 teams I actually have, I'll probably see, um, I'm looking at like Gonzaga, so I think Gonzaga might, uh, might actually get a, a good, uh, upset against Miami. Um, and I think with, uh, San Diego State, I see San Diego State actually beating Alabama in, uh, tonight's game as, I mean, tomorrow's game, excuse me, they play tomorrow. And, um, they, they, they don't play till Friday, James. So, so, uh, yeah, Alabama and San Diego State will play on Friday. The Sweet 16 continues on Thursday, which is two days from now. Uh, that's when there will be four games that day. Okay, because I, I would have to say that San Diego State on Friday, they would beat Alabama, and uh, Gonzaga will beat Miami on uh, Friday as well. And then I have some games that are going to be going on today. I have... Oregon actually beating Wisconsin, so that's going to be a really good game. And then I have the uh, Conference USA, I have UAB beating um, Vanderbilt as well. So those are the matchups that I'm actually looking at as well. I certainly hope UAB can beat Vanderbilt tomorrow. That would be a very interesting game in the NIT. Uh, I think tomorrow night at 6 o'clock is when that is. And then one other note Mm -hmm. for you, James, just don't want you to to mess up your bracket there. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Miami is playing uh, Houston on Friday, not Gonzaga. Gonzaga is playing UCLA in the NCAA tournament. Okay, so I have, I have. Uh, well, yeah, I did make a, a huge mistake on that one. So I have um, Houston beating, uh, well, Miami beating Houston as well because I just, you know, lost from, you know, from Auburn and uh, Houston. So I think Miami would beat Houston, and then uh, Gonzaga will beat UCLA as well. And then for the uh, Final Four, I have Gonzaga um, playing against Miami, and then whoever's the other two winners from Friday's from Friday's game, I'll just probably wait until they slide in into into the Final Four as well. Well, James, I was listening to the show yesterday when you called in. And it sounded like you wanted some master tri- Masters trivia today. Do you still want some Masters trivia? Uh, yes, because the Masters is uh, it's actually coming up next month as well. Yes, it is. Coming up in just a few weeks. So here we go. Let's give you some uh, Masters trivia here before we get you out of here. Who okay. has the most Masters victories? He And this person won six times. Uh, six times. So who Let has the, who has won the Masters six times? Uh, let me see, because I always watch the Masters every year in April. And I would have to say that would be no other than Tiger Woods. Close guess. He has won it several times, but it's not Tiger. It is, I'll give you a hint, it's the, the guy that has the most majors ever. Tiger's second ever, and this person is first ever. Okay, he's first ever. I would have to say, I know it's not Roy McIlroy. Correct. It's not Rory. You got to go back older, uh, older than that. You got to go back to an older golfer. Um, I'm, I'm actually um, looking into my golf uh, mind. I would have to say, ooh, that's going to be a hard, hard hit. So I would have to say that would be, oh. Uh, 
I'm not going with any master legends that I know of. Um, I'll have to say, I'll just have to let this one just slide off into the water somewhere. Okay, okay. It is uh, it is Jack Nicholas uh, with six six Masters championships. Jack Nicholas has the most Masters ever. He won them between 1963 and 1986. All right, ready, uh, okay. ready for our next one? Yes. Who is the youngest winner of the Masters? The youngest winner of the Masters, I would have to say that would be ooh, the youngest. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'll I give really you a hint. Want... I'll give you a hint. You oh. said his name earlier. I would actually have to say Tiger Woods. There you go. You are correct. Tiger Woods back in 1997 at the age of 21 years, 104 days, is the youngest ever Masters champion. Good job, James. We'll give you one more. Okay. And then this one will be, so of course, score to par. Uh, you know, if you shoot a 72... At Augusta, that is that is even par. So what okay. what is the best score? What is the course record for the for the Masters? Best score in best one round. Score in one whole round. I would actually say that would be seventy three. So it's going to be lower than seventy two because it's going to be a, a good under par round. So we'll give you a hint that it's in the sixties. I would have to say 62. Very close. Missed it by one. It's 63. 63 uh, in 1986 uh, and by Nick Price in 1996 by Greg Norman. So 63. Mm. Very, very close, though. Yes, it's very, very close for me as well. And, um, you know, I I love trivia. It's uh, very interesting to me as well. And I'm having a really, really, really good day today as well. So I'll just have to leave that one for another uh, episode for uh, tomorrow's show as well. Absolutely, James. Well, we appreciate you calling in, and congrats on doing well on trivia. All right. Thanks, and War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Only about three or four minutes left before we got to take our end-of-hour break again in just about an hour. We will go on air with Borgard High School softball. Uh, our first coverage of the Lady Hornets for the season. We've already had uh, one baseball game on our airwaves, kind of picking them up a little over halfway through the season now that Auburn University sports are a little bit lighter on us, able to uh, get some Borgard and Smith Station stuff. Smith Station softball will be – uh, their first broadcast here will be tomorrow right here on Tiger 95.9, so we'll have a little bit of a shortened show tomorrow uh, as well. But just, again, a couple more minutes left in this opening hour of the show today. We've talked a little bit about Auburn's Pro Day, uh, about Cam Newton's situation. I uh, do want to get to a little bit later more NCAA tournament stuff. Of course, I was not here yesterday, so did not give full extended thoughts on the Auburn and Houston victory. I, I heard you... Tom and, and Brant talk a good bit about that yesterday and about the tournament as a whole. Uh, how's your bracket doing? Not too good. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did you have? It, who did you have like in the final four? Do we have you lost any final four? Oh, I, I've, I've lost both of my champion. Oh uh, my, no! Yeah, I, I had Arizona beating Kansas in the championship. 
Oh no. <laughs> yeah. That tells you how my bracket's going. Yikes. So it's only that's the demoralizing thing too. Even if you had a good first round or, or anything like that, it's only gonna get worse because oh, yeah. you're gonna not be able to pick up points in the later rounds. I was I think I was last in our group or next to last after the first round. I only got like nineteen of the thirty two correct, maybe twenty. Uh but I am going to catch some people because I've still got three of my four final four alive. I think I've got either five or six of my elite eight alive. Yeah. So I'm gonna think I'm gonna keep picking up steam here. Uh, elite eight. I I got the Miami Xavier correct. There you go in the elite eight, and I've got Xavier winning that one going to the final four. I've still got UCLA. In the uh, Elite Eight, and that's it. So I only had three Elite Eight. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Three of the Elite Tom. Oh, I'm telling you, my, oh. my bracket is just destroyed. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, some of those. Because I, I have I, Virginia, Arizona, Duke Marquette. All of them are gone. Miami Xavier, and I had Kansas UCLA, and, of course, Kansas is gone. Jeez. Yeah, that that's, that's rough, man. Uh, <laughs> the standings are only yeah. going to get worse for you. I don't know where you are. This current moment, but they're not going to get better. No, no, it's it's a disaster. <laughs> All right, well, we we won't spend any more time on that. Then we will have to, to talk more NCAA tournament as a whole. Uh, talk about uh, as we get ready for the Sweet Sixteen Thursday and Friday night. Be the last times where we kind of have overlapping games at the same time. We'll start to even things out, or we'll only go one at a time over the weekend, and of course for the Final Four. So, still a good bit of basketball ahead, but starting to wind down. Uh, so we'll update some of that. We'll also have more of your phone calls. Again, a shortened hour number two ahead. Stay tuned. More sports call coming up after this timeout. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy with you here today. Again, only about 40 minutes or so left in the show. Borgard High School softball coming up. Tim Sin and Brooks Childress on the call of that one. Our first BHS softball game of the year. That's why we're getting out of here 
in just a little bit. So let's go ahead and go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-341, locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show today, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, it's good to hear your friendly voice again, Ryan. Welcome back. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see who else is on here today. Is Tom? Yes, sir. Yep, that's it. Okay, that's it. Another dynamic duo today. Okay, well, let's that's get to right. it, guys. Um, I, I'm not sure, Luke, what your you know goal was in calling about uh, Cam Newton or the comments made by uh, you, Ryan, about Cam Newton uh, in the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, his age, we know what his age is. Uh, and we know that his you know, performance has fallen down. However, let's not conflate his age with issues that led to his performance. You know, if I remember correctly, he did not have the best uh, offensive line to protect him uh, when he was at Carolina. Did he, guys? Oh, sure. I mean, they, they struggled offensively um, in, in a lot of areas. But if, if you're referring to the, the second part of, uh, you know, the second time in Carolina, I mean, there was still a pretty clear drop. Uh, in, in some of his play that, you know, I mean, th- there's a clear trend there to his play that I, I don't think that, you know, it can be overlooked at this point. Well, not overlooked. However, in context, there are other aspects that probably reflected uh, his uh, performance going downhill, is all I'm saying. And his age, to me, is really not that much of a factor. Uh, I grew up watching people much older than Cam Newton playing quarterback. Uh, examples, George Blanda, the old man, Oakland Raiders. Uh, Kenny Stabler, another oldie for the Oakland Raiders. And we'll, of course, mention Tom Brady. So age, uh, to me, is not that big of a factor. Okay, I just didn't know what the goal was. But moving on, guys, speaking and sticking with our quarterbacks, I've been reading these comments about the recent practices uh, with our football players and uh, Nathan Queen King and some other people who have been to practice have made some rather, to me, uh, I guess, I don't know if they're disturbing, but uh, um, head-scratching kind of uh, comments, observations, and they have to do with that quarterback play. Uh, apparently they're saying, with observations, that uh, T.J. Flea is more accurate uh, than uh, Ashford. Ashford has been holding the ball way too long which means maybe, I don't know, he's getting sacked. Or, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know if you guys were reading or hearing the same things. I mean, I, I, I've seen that in general uh, the quarterback play has been very underwhelming, and even Hugh Freeze said that yesterday. And that's to be expected because, again, wasn't the uh, the quarterback play pretty underwhelming last year? This, these are still the first – Spring practices of a, of a new coach, Hugh Freeze, even is not even as good as he is or good as he could be in developing quarterbacks. He's not going to have <laughs> changed these guys' games in, in a few practices. Uh, that that's not going to happen. And Robbie Ashford, while he was a very productive runner, I would rate his passing as even below T.J. Finley at times because ultimately Ashford had some games where he was at 35 or 40 percent as a passer I don't care how many drops or who you're playing good passing quarterbacks just don't go 35 40 percent time and time again like like he did he ended up a little under 50 percent for the year so does it surprise me to hear that Finley might be slightly more accurate than, than Ashford at this point no now the hope is that once you get to September uh, if Finley's still here and if there's not another quarterback in to 
change the dynamics of the quarterback battle. The hope is that in a five or six month span uh, of working a little bit with Hugh Freeze, uh, that 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 will that dynamic will start to change. But coming into the spring. That is how I would have probably handicapped it. Is yeah, even though Finley is not a great thrower, you can't say that Ashford is probably above him in what we saw last year. Fair enough. Uh, I also did read some comments, and I think this was from Nathan King. Also, uh, was a comment he wrote uh, today or yesterday, uh, quoting uh, Coach Freeze describing his observations with uh, Ashford as being similar to his. Uh, experience uh, with Malik Willis. Did you happen to read those comments? I did see some of those, and, and obviously we've all been making those comparisons, and we've been all kind of ha- looking at the at, at Robbie Ashford in a very similar fashion to Malik Willis. Now, there's obviously clear development that has to come there, but from where they're starting out, and we never saw Malik Willis have a lot of a passes at Auburn, so we don't know. No, ex- he only threw fifteen times. Right. We so we don't know exactly where Malik Willis was as a passer while he was at Auburn, but we do know that there was some clear development at Liberty. We know that he became a really good college quarterback, and we know that he did get picked into the NFL. So there is obviously something to uh, what happened in his time at Liberty that made him valuable, and. Look, would he have had that sort of development at Auburn? I, you know, I, I think that again, going back to what Malik Willis himself said, he was not in the right frame of mind. He was not mature enough while he was at Auburn. So for him to kind of unlock his own ability, he needed to grow up a little bit too. So I don't know if that would have ever happened, regardless of who he was coached by while at Auburn. Uh, everything you, well, your points may all have a lot of merit. Uh, I'm just wondering, guys, am I jumping to a too maybe incorrect or wrong conclusion about if T.J. Finley ends up being our um, our starting quarterback that we're in danger of having a bad season again? Because you know I was not impressed when T.J. Finley was at you know the healthiest. Uh, he was like like sitting duck at times, you know. Um, but guys, tell me, hey, you know he can improve too, right? I mean, he is able to improve, but I, I, what I will say is this. I think that in their forms last year, Robbie Ashford gave Auburn a better chance of winning than T.J. Finley. T.J. Finley is a little better passer, again, coming into this spring. That does not make him a very good passer. It just makes him simply a little less bad than Ashford. But Ashford was an elite runner at the quarterback position. I mean, there, it's not that he was okay or decent. He was an elite runner. And so that made him a bigger threat at the quarterback position than Finley because even though Finley had a little bit better passing acumen, I, again, Ashford at least could make some plays down the field. It wasn't like it was night and day. So you factor in the running ability – the, then that that made Ashford to me a better option. So if Finley becomes the guy, if he does stay at Auburn and he is the starter, look, I'm going to be skeptical. I will. Uh, I, I I I would like to put some trust in that the coaching staff is going to know what they're doing, but there clearly would have to be a lot of development because if Finley goes out there looking like he looked last year. Yeah, the dynamics of this team are, are not going to change much. And, and look, to be fair, there's a lot of work to do at a lot of positions. 
I'm really unless Auburn brought in some game changer portal quarterback and Tom you you can put your two cents in here too unless Auburn brought in a game changer even if Robbie Ashford develops I, you're not looking at a big season from Auburn next year I, I like right. like I know there's a lot of hope and optimism there should be but there's a lot to fix here it's not one thing as much as we love to talk about no. quarterbacks so they could get improvement at the quarterback position from either one of those guys and the team as a whole still have a have a rough year Okay, um, Tom, you want to add any comments to that? No, well, yeah, I mean, I I agree, and, and I still think that uh, that they're going to go to the transfer portal for a quarterback. Uh, I'm just, I'm absolutely convinced of that. I said it on yesterday's show that I don't think Auburn's starting quarterback this year is even on campus right now. Um, but yeah, that is not the end all be all. You've got to develop these wide receivers that are in here. Uh, maybe get more. You're going to have a whole revamped offensive line, so that's going to be an issue. Um, Defense, there's question marks there. So, yeah, I mean, just the quarterback situation, it is very important. But like Ryan said, there's a lot of other issues on this team that have, have got to be retooled, revamped, and, and and get on board with what's going on. And some observation and criticism being made by other posters about, you know, Ashford, if he's our quarterback, is we really need another running back, basically. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously his pat. I mean, what he functioned as was a very intricate running back in, in some of the things he did. Now, obviously, like I said, when he did make some good throws, they were usually down the field. There were a few long throws that he was able to make. Uh, I, and I'm not just referring to the, the iron ball throw. I, I feel like there was one or two. Whenever he scrambled, he was able to make the occasional really good throw down the field on the run. Uh, it was a very particular type of throw, and he needs to be better in the pocket at, at, at surveying everything. But there was some arm talent in there at, at, at times. Uh, so if he does not unlock that, then then I don't know what position you put him at. I, I don't know if he's just simply a backup. You use him as a gadget. Auburn will really like the play of Jarquez Hunter, Damari Alston, Brian ba- Batty or Beatty, who, however you, you pronounce his name out of South Florida, uh, and bringing in Jeremiah Cobb too. I, I think Auburn's running back room, I, I, I don't think – if Ashford loses the job or falls way down the depth chart – I don't think he just becomes a running back because I think they're going to have a good running back room. But his running is special. And so if he lost the job, could he be a jet sweep guy or would there be a package for him? Maybe. Can't rule that out. But, uh, again, I think the primary concern here is working on the passing, trying to find a way for him to be a college quarterback and not a college gadget guy. Fine. Okay. I know time is short. So real quickly, I've been – uh, really encouraging. You know, I have my doubts about Freeze, right, guys? Sure. Okay, I still do. However, I'm becoming a little bit uh, less bothered after seeing some of these five-star commits to Alabama to Georgia who now have been making positive comments and have come for more than one or two visits uh, to Auburn. So that, to me, is a, is a change uh, in pace from what we've been used to or not used to, right, guys? Yeah, there's oh yeah, there's clear effort on the recruiting trail. That again, you shouldn't have to beg for that out of the head coach. Harson was one of a kind in that regard for for not stepping up to the plate the way other prominent SEC coaches have and, and will continue to do. But yes, Hugh Freeze understands 
the recruiting part of it. And they'll miss on some, but they're also going to get some eventually too uh, if he's able to do what he did at Ole Miss. So Freeze understands the importance of that, and, and he knows that the, he it's going to take a lot of talent to win at this level, and, and he's going to be working on that. Well, at least you recognize he's doing something about it. So yeah. moving on, stay with football, college football, guys. You know, as much as I, you know, dislike and really strongly dislike uh, the, the the winning uh, by the other team on the other side of the state, named Alabama and Saban, I will say uh, after uh, reading comments uh, over the weekend about Tony Mitchell from Coach Saban, I respect him much more. And the comment that really struck me was, uh, he, in fact, he called out not too suddenly, uh, Nate Oates and the AD uh, in Alabama uh, about Tony Mitchell. He's been suspended from the team. You know, you know that, right, guys? Yes, yes. and I, I know what he went on to say, but you can go ahead and say You it know too. what he said, right? Yep. Everybody's yep. got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. Here's the clinker. There's no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. There's cause and effect when you make choices and decisions that put you in bad situations. Now, why couldn't Nate Oates have said that? Why couldn't the AD have said that? And said, who said it? Coach Saban. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, again, uh, say, that's that's usually what you're supposed to do when when there is an investigation right. and it's serious. You you need to gather all the facts before you just go out and say, oh, nothing's wrong here. Yeah. Or the I mean, the other thing to keep in mind, Saban was reading a prepared statement. Saban is not the type. He he typically doesn't go off the cuff with a lot of stuff like that. He likes to have his stuff prepared. Um, you know, I, I'm sure he believes what he said. I'm not calling him a liar or anything like that. But you also understand that with that prepared statement that comes, you know, with the help of the media relations office and everything, they understood the backlash that happened with what Nate Oates said. So, uh, you know, that's definitely something that they were going to kind of tuck in there. And, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily a, a shot at Nate Oates, but definitely uh, if well, you bring on, that up, what, I don't know. Hold on, I, hang on, listen he to me. He used exact words. There's I, no you, such thing as being you, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, let me finish. I don't think they were taking a shot at Nate Oates, but they were definitely referencing what he said, and because of the backlash that they had, that they purposefully put that in there. Whoever helped, whoever helped write that those statements and everything, that purposefully went in there against what was said i i think that was purpose but i don't think it was a shot at nate oates lane hey we're gonna get you on this one but they were definitely referencing that 100 percent. well last thing I, for steve then we okay, got to get to another you know, phone call sure if i was nate oates and i had just said that and now someone is calling me uh saying no there is no such thing as what you said then yeah i'd say i'd feel kind of uh uncomfortable about that okay and maybe uh, he'll quit I, and go somewhere else <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what you need to do. You can't hear. All right, guys, tomorrow uh, I'll mention this uh, because I like things that, you know, it says, how in this world does this guy do this? This comes from Fan Sided on Saturday by Reed Wallach. A better cashes out on massive Fairley Dickinson bet versus Purdue. I'll leave it at that because what this guy did, either this guy is doesn't care about money or is a uh, fanatic uh fan or graduate alumni of Ferry Dickinson for what he did. And we'll leave it there. All right, then. All right. Thank you, guys, for taking my time. I know my time is way, way up. And it's good, it's good to uh, have you guys. Uh, your comments are always appreciated. keeps me, you know, uh, on my toes so I don't get too irrational on uh, my sports. And I hate that the team 
basketball team lost last night by one lousy point. Yes, sir. That's the way it goes. All right, guys, have a safe afternoon and evening. Talk to you tomorrow, and hopefully we pull out one uh, baseball team over the Jaguars tonight. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. That's retired War Eagle, Steve, joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, Riverwalk Stadium tonight, Auburn taking on South Alabama in Montgomery. You can hear that at 5.45 on FM Talk, 93.9, 6 o'clock first pitch. Let's go right back to the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, one nine tiger 9 Next up is Matt from Phoenix City. Matt, how are you doing? Doing well. I hope you guys are uh, also. You know, the problem with the statement, there's no such thing as being in the wrong place at the wrong time, is... Anybody that says that has never been walking down a sidewalk and been crapped on by a seagull. <laughs> uh, that's, there, there is such a thing. Sure. Uh, now, there may not be such a thing in this context, uh, but I, I got to disagree with, with little Nicky. You can, you can be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but you know what? He also has a luxury that a luxury that Nate Oates does not have. He can bench a player and replace them with a player of equal ability. True. Um, you know, due process says that, and and again. Maybe I'm maybe I'm devil's advocate, and this 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 may be the inflammatory comment of the week. I don't know, but I, I don't know that Brandon Miller has been convicted of anything. Um, and as far as the NCAA is concerned, he's okay to play, or they would have told him not to. So I don't I don't really see. I don't see an issue uh, with Brandon Miller continuing to play right now. Um, is, is it the best of looks for Alabama? Maybe not. But I'll tell you what, if they cut down that net, nobody's going to be thinking about that except people that don't like Alabama. Um, so there's that. But – uh, I also, and, and I'm, I apologize in advance if you've already talked about this or, or, or discussed this. I'm curious. Uh, I know there was a there was a two four seven article about uh, Flanagan and um, Jalen Williams. There's also been some smoke coming out that Wendell Green has removed all things Auburn from his social media. Um. I don't know if anybody knows at this point, but if you care to launch a few spitballs on who returns uh, for next year's basketball team, I'm just curious. Sure. Um, maybe you guys know more than what – let me rephrase that. Obviously, you guys know more than I do. Um, so I just I'm, – I'm just curious. Well, I, I think that – when you hear Bruce Pearl mention, you know, and it was a part of a long quote, but at the end of the quote, it was, "I'm going to go out and start recruiting tonight." I do think there is some some context there to say, "Hey, this season was still short of our expectations, and yes, it went to the round of 32, but obviously, all season long, it was a battle, and there, in general, needs to be more talent in the program." I, I think that is 
clearly being said by Bruce Pearl. Now, roster decisions will be very interesting, uh, and I and I, we're, we're going to run a little bit low on time here, but I, I will I am willing to spitball a little bit about the roster because I I, I think that they have some tough decisions. I, I think that it's possible that Bruce Pearl will tell one or two key players from this team to go on. I, I think that's at least possible. Now, it depends on Portal. Uh, it depends on if they get anyone else in, in the high school ranks for this year. They, they've got, in two years, they've got the big class, but they really just have Aiden Holloway coming in for next year. But, look, that's a point guard, mm-hmm. and you've already got very curious eyes after seeing what Trey Donaldson did in the tournament, and you know you still want to see something from Chance Westry, who's very talented. It Look, Wendell Green Jr. has been a quality player for Auburn, but there's a lot of pressure at that point guard position on the roster, and then there's more coming the year after Holloway. So I I, I think Wendell would be someone very uh, interesting to look at. I personally wouldn't see why Jalen Williams wouldn't be back. I, I don't see the pro prospects for him. I also no. think that his playing time at his position should be pretty safe. Uh, I, I like him a lot as a player. I, I think that he, to a degree, will never be the volume scorer that maybe you hope he could be, but I think he does a lot of things well, including rebound, and he was usually the second guy on the team in assist most nights. So I, I think he's a really quality all-around player, but as far as Wendell, look, I, I think you can make the argument between, hey, only shooting 29 and 30% from three these last two years, Maybe he's hit his ceiling as a college basketball player, and maybe that ceiling does not compare to what Aiden Hallway and maybe even Trey Donaldson could be. So, Tom, real quickly, what do you think here? Yeah, uh, I, the uh, point guard position is going to be very interesting. Uh, I, I, I think for some reason, I expect Flanagan to move on. Uh, I expect Jalen Williams to stay. Uh, and then when you start looking around bench-wise, um, I, I, I think KD might be gone. Uh, I think Bob and Tuta Akinbola is definitely going to be gone, and so that's going to Bruce open up said a spot. as much with him. Yeah, he said yeah. we're going to probably encourage him to go find playing time somewhere right. else. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you're opening up some spots, but they're uh, they're definitely going to hit the portal. Um, and we talked about yesterday. I th- you know the point guard spot is is crucial, but you got Aiden Holloway coming in. They've got to get some shooters, so they're they're definitely going to try to figure that out. And then I think they're going to try to get a, a big. And when I say a big, I mean a big big, somebody that uh, can be even bigger than Janai Broom. Um, Janai was good, but I mean there were still struggles there. And I you know they saw what the team could be with a guy with the talents and the size of a Kessler. And so they may try to go out and find a big big to to sit in there. And so then I don't know what that just does to Janai Broom, but I I think that they may be looking for something even bigger than Broom in the middle. I just wonder, <clears throat> talking about point guards, it, it's so all over the map when you look at the guards that we currently have on roster and what he's recruiting, and you know you got Westry who's who's uh, a guard at, at what six five, and then you got. Uh, Aiden Holloway, who's you know physically looks like a a Trey Donaldson cookie cutter, um, and then next year, what's what's the guard that's already committed for twenty five? Phylon, LeBaron Phylon, uh, yeah, yeah Phylon yeah. and Petway, Petway, or you know, um, you know, somewhere around the six foot range. 
Um, so I'm just curious, you know, for, for Bruce, and, and first of all, I, I and Bruce I trust, um, but, you know, what is what is he wanting in a guard um, for if, if, say, KD leaves, we're going to bring in another guard? What are we looking for? Are, are, are we okay with a 6-1 uh, score, or are we looking for a longer body for – um, you know, defensive help with, with Zep being gone and, and possibly uh, Flanagan being gone? Do we need more length at guard? Um, and if you take more length at guard, are you going to find that unicorn that's a 6'4 uh, defender that can that can put up 22 a game? Um, so I'm just I'm curious to see how this all plays out and, and, and how he, he finds pieces that fit and um, I agree on rim protection and, and rebounding uh, with going out and getting a <laughs> – I like what you said, in a big, big. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, to see how, how it all plays out and what pieces he wants. Um, <clears throat> and even with a big, big, you know, are you going to take a guy that can't run the floor um, as well? You know, Walker Kessler was – Kind of a freakazoid. He he moved really well for a seven footer. Could run the floor. Sure. Um, well, and Bruce and that Bruce and that team. Are, yeah, Bruce and that team are going to want to run the floor. But I mean, there there are seven foot guys out there that can run. I mean, that they're going to look for. I th- I, I think I, I don't think that they're convinced that Janai Broom is going to be their center until Big Boy in twenty twenty five comes in. That's the seven foot three hundred and fifteen pound kid. God, what a monster! Yeah. Uh, what a monster. Well, I, guys, I appreciate you answering the questions and, and uh, hope you have a good evening and, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Matt. Appreciate your phone call. Have a great day. That is Matt from Phoenix City joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, tie a bow on this before we take our final break of the show. You know, I, I think also, because I do want to have an extended conversation about it just today, we're going we're gonna to run out of time. Right. You've got to be careful to assume you can just get someone that's like someone that's really great because sure. Kessler is not easy to duplicate. No. He was the very best defensive big guy right. in college basketball. And I watched him last night, believe it or not. I watched some NBA game, league pass. Game setting block. And I watched uh I watched the whole fourth quarter of that Utah Sacramento game and it wasn't just the one or two blocks. He affected every single time to Monte Sabonis who is a really good big guy. Might be third team All NBA this year. He affected him every single time he had the ball, whether he blocked the shot or not. He did have five or six blocks last night. But Kessler is an NBA. He's becoming already an elite NBA rim protector. Right. So you have to be careful to say, well, let's just let's just go get Walker Kessler to point out. Well, that means you're getting like the very best of something. Right. At that position. Now, I do think they need a little more size, but I also think Broom can be a part of a part of their big guy rotation. He's sure. still a fourteen point guy that look, I, I get coming off the heels of an abysmal free throw performance. There are clearly parts of his game that were not great. But I would I would tell you he's probably better offensively than Walker Kessler. Now he's not nearly as good defensively, but if you're just thinking pure production down low, 
you know, Kessler, great pick and roll guy, dunk guy, offense rebound. Right. But Broom had some sort of hook game, some sort of fifteen foot game that he could add. So I don't think Broom is useless. I don't. I don't think that Auburn has to replace him. But what they need to do, to be honest with you, is they need to find a much better version of Dylan Cardwell. Is what they actually well, sure. need to be looking at because Cardwell, if we're as energetic and, and as charismatic as the guy is. You know, he really didn't effectively do a whole lot from a stats perspective or from an actual basketball's perspective. Right. Now, when he had his random donker block shot, everyone would blow the top off of Neville Arena. It right. was very exciting. But from a production standpoint, you can do a whole lot better. And I think that's where they need to find the 6'11", 7-foot guy to protect the rim and to be a defensive stalwart because I think Broom's offense is valuable. I think he's one of the better offensive bigs. Uh, But I still think the last point is guard play is really what what they're going to have to make the big strides on. I mean, they can make small improvements down low, certainly, but it's really the guards and the shooting that's going to – Dictate if Auburn can take a, a re retake that step back into the top right. tier. Yeah, no, guard is definitely the mo- the most important spot, and you you've got to have shooters, and that's the one thing that Auburn just desperately missed this year was somebody they could rely on to shoot the ball. Uh, and looking on the inside, yeah, uh, Janai, like I said, I, I'm not talking about getting rid of Janai Broom, but it's you know you want him to be a part of it, but you I think. Like you said, they have somebody in there that can be a true rim protector and also a rebounder because there were times that Janai Broom sure. was not there for the rebounding part of it. Sure, he could score, he could do the things that he needed, but you know, I, I feel like one of the things Auburn missed was that just big time presence on the inside that could get rebounds, could protect the rim, could score when you needed to, but was mainly a rim protector and a rebounder. They didn't have that, and you know, you saw Auburn get dominated on the boards in quite a few of these games. So that's an area that got, that needs to be fixed. But then, definitely with the guards, you you got to have better guard play than what Auburn was able to get this year. One final timeout in the show today. When we come back, we've actually got to do birthdays and sports and a nightly TV guide. We'll set things up for Borgard High School softball. You're listening to this Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy with you. Appreciate Matt from Phoenix City and Retired Ward MC for joining us earlier this hour. Also had James from Montgomery and Luke from Alex City in the first hour. Uh, kind of full of calls yeah. here on this hour and a half show. Hate that we don't have more time today, uh, but that's why there's always tomorrow. And tomorrow right. will also be a short so You also need to get calls in the 3 or 4 o'clock <laughs> hour, but... Uh, that is A-OK. We'll be here all week. Uh, we have yet to do birthdays in sports, so let's knock that out real quick. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. 
Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street and Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Just three birthdays today, but they're good ones. Adrian Peterson turns 38, former NFL running back who just retired, selected seventh overall in the 2007 draft by the Minnesota Vikings out of Oklahoma. Also played for the Saints, Cardinals, Redskins, Lions, Titans, and Seahawks. 2012 NFL Most Valuable Player and Offensive Player of the Year. 07 Rookie of the Year. Four-time first-team All-Pro. Three-time second-team All-Pro. Seven-time Pro Pro Bowler. Three-time NFL Rushing Yards Leader and two-time Rushing Touchdowns Leader on the All-Decade Team for for the 2010s. Also holds NFL record for most rushing yards in the game with 296. Pearson was unanimous All-American while at Oklahoma. Uh, and was Big 12 Newcomer of the Year. Adrian Peterson turns 38 today. He was good. Uh, he was quite good. <laughs> I remember him. Uh, I, I knew him at Oklahoma, but UAB played him one year. Wow. Uh, and it did not go well for UAB trying to tackle that man. I'll leave it at that. Mike Dunleavy uh, turns 43 today, current VP of Basketball Ops and former NBA small forward shooting guard. Selected third overall in the 20, uh, 2002 NBA draft by the Golden State Warriors out of Duke. Also played for the Pacers, Bucks, Bulls, Cavs, and Hawks. While at Duke, Dunleavy was 2001 NCAA champion, 02 consensus, second team All-American, and first team All-ACC. Mike Dunleavy turns 43 today. And Shanae Ogumake turns 31 Current WNBA power forward for the Los Angeles Sparks and ESPN basketball analyst. Selected first overall in the 2014 WNBA draft by the Connecticut Sun. Out of Stanford, two-time WNBA All-Star and Rookie of the Year in 2014. Chene Ogumake turns 31. Mike Dunleavy turns 43. And Adrian Alday Peterson turns 38. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Fun list right there. Just a couple minutes left in the program. Again, if you're just tuning in wondering where we're about to go off to, we're about to go to Borgard High School softball for the first time this year. Tim Sin and Brooks Childress on the call of that one. So we'll be joining them in just a few minutes. But before we do that, let's wrap up the show as we always do with a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Heart Seltzer. It's a fun one tonight. Starting off with the NIT, North Texas and Oklahoma State, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Conference USA has been very damn good, by the way. Uh, in the postseason for Atlantic, still buzzing uh, in the Sweet 16. I should say still hooting Hootin', yeah. uh, in the Sweet 16. UAB still blazing in the NIT. North Texas still being mean and green in the NIT. So they got Oklahoma State tonight. CBI, Southern Utah versus Eastern Kentucky, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. World Baseball Classic Final, the United States of America versus Japan, 6 o'clock on FS1. A little Shohei Otani action from Japan. Maybe he'll pitch and face Mike Trout today. That would be fun. So that's 6 o'clock on FS1 for the championship. couple movie picks as well. Maleficent at 5.30 on Freeform and 6.20 because it can't be 6 or 6.30. You got Men in Black 2, 6.20 on Sci-Fi. And those, that is the nightly TV guide presented by White Claw. Hard seltzer. Fun show today. Out of time again. Borgard High School softball coming up in just a few minutes. Smith Station High School softball tomorrow. Excited about getting all of these fine high school sports underway. Of course, their season's been going for 
a month or so now, but excited to be picking up and just in time for area play in a lot of cases. But, uh, Tom, thank you for being here today. We'll see you again tomorrow. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. And as always, we thank all those who tuned in and called in. For Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Tuesday evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.